Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talking Wealth. And I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within. Today, I have Brent and Drew from the Wild West Crypto Show um, to give us their insights into markets, all things the market. And um, hopefully we touch on some gold and cryptocurrencies as well. I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to say. So um, take it away. Who's going to go first? Good. Janine, good good to see you again. I'm Drew, by the way. And I'm Brent. Yes. yes. And, and you know, I tell you what, Janine, these are interesting times, certainly here in the States. And oftentimes I wonder how it translates over there. I do have occasion to talk to Dale, you know, typically every other week or so. And so we catch mm-hmm. a little bit, but um, the volatility in the markets, we're seeing it, we're seeing it across the board. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. so it's really kind of interesting. People are wondering you know, where can I park my money where it's going to grow, hopefully not lose some of it? What are the safe haven assets? What is the stock market going to do? And we don't know. And so, I mean, there's, there is a lot of, uh, well, you know, anytime the market is trying to, uh, digest that amount of uncertainty, you'll get a lot of uh, volatility around the standard deviation of whatever asset class it is. Throw in the fact that cryptocurrency is becoming its own asset class. And so now you have an emerging asset class that a lot of people don't believe in. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a growing number of people do believe in. Uh, you take the bellwether of cryptocurrency, which is Bitcoin, which accounts for about 60 to 68% of the overall valuation of all crypto. Mm-hmm. And you have more institutions are beginning to get in and start buying it. You have a, you have the, uh, the believers, the true believers, you know, the Bitcoin maximalists mm-hmm. that probably have every Bitcoin they ever bought, you know, yeah, a fraction yeah. thereof. And so when well, you're squeezing so out, just, you're saying that the fanatics hoard the cryptos. Is that what you do? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. And and so if you think about it, it's just law of supply and demand. There's only going to be 21 million Bitcoin, and yes. they've already lost a few million along the way with it being a, a cryptocurrency. And so, you know, you're going to see, and we are seeing price appreciation. We've broken out of a kind of a, a moderate trend channel that we've had over the last couple of years. And, you know, now we're at above 16,000 as of this taping. And so that presents some real opportunity. More and more people are looking for it to go higher. But what's also interesting at the same time, you kind of have God's money, gold and silver, mm-hmm. that is in a very nice trend as well. You know, mm. the last month or six weeks or so, they've been treading a little bit of water with a with a bias to the upside. Yeah. But you know, I'm old enough to remember 
when a country got out of bounds with their monetary policy that the world would put inflation on them. And they weren't going to trade for their goods unless they got more of their currency because they didn't trust their currency because mm -hmm. they could see they were inflating it. What's, in my opinion, that's happened over the last couple of decades is everybody's inflating their currency. Yeah. And yeah. so how do you create inflation when the guy you're trading with is behind there printing his dollars or his yen or his whatever, euros and so on and so forth, at the same time you're printing all of yours? Well, the, the a lot of people are now realizing Hey, the whole world is on fractional banking. Nobody uses a gold standard anymore. The last ones that did, we created war and took them out. So nobody's on the gold standard. Everybody's on fractional banking and fiat. And man, is it getting interesting. Yeah. And I mean, look, the cryptocurrency is something that you guys obviously specialize in and experts in. That's not my area. I mean, more the, the stock market and the equity side of things. But we watched the cryptos, um, Bitcoin, as an example, rise significantly and then fall almost 100% of what it rose. Um, in Australia, there were people who were falling over themselves when the cryptocurrency was rising, to even using their super fund money to pile into cryptocurrencies and um, not having a proper strategy to invest it across the board and put a small amount into higher risk um, assets like cryptos, but and with no knowledge, some of these people were doing this, and then to see it plummet the way that it has. So I'm glad that it's actually starting to trend back up again for those people. But I think it's going to be a volatile ride, don't you? Yeah, I mean there there is volatility in it, but we're seeing some stabilization because you know for one thing, the U.S. about 60 days ago. Uh, passed legislation that all banks can now be custodians of cryptocurrency is in the U.S. Yep. Okay. So, so now, you know, the people that hadn't gotten into this marketplace and are afraid of it and don't understand it, now they actually go to their bank and, and bankers are now learning about cryptocurrency, what it is, what it isn't, and everything else. So it's becoming a little bit more mainstream, which is helping with stabilization. Well, and Janine, I, I was a practicing certified financial planner for about a decade or so, and I was also a registered investment advisor. So I'm, I'm classically trained in all this. And when we first got started with our show about three and a half years ago, we were explaining to people that we saw this as a coming new asset class mm. that by definition, it is quote unquote, a store of value. You know, somewhat similar to gold and, and those kinds of things, but totally different perspective of it. Put your toe in it, in it. put your toe in the water, okay? Now yeah. we're telling people, you know, get your ankle up to your ankle. Mm. And you're right, so much of it is important that people realize that any, any financial advisor would tell you that one to 5% of your portfolio in something that's volatile, that's high risk, that is new, innovative, and so on and so forth, is prudent because if you lost all of it, the rest of your portfolio will make it up in a relatively short period of time. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's been some people that have gone hog wild and pig stupid, <laughs> and you know bought a ton of it at twenty thousand to watch it go to three thousand, <laughs> and you know now they're back to sixteen. And my guess is most of them sold about four or five thousand yep. uh, in the price of Bitcoin. So you know everything, and and, in, and you know because this is what you all do. You know, everybody has got to have the proper perspective and a proper plan and a proper level of allocation. Now, what's happened in the U.S., in my opinion, is that the banks haven't figured out how to own this yet. Mm -hmm. And so the funny thing is, in fact, our first show, 
we, we quoted an article from uh, Jamie Dimon, oh, yeah. remember, from Chase mm -hmm. Bank. And I mean, for the whole article, they just trashed cryptocurrency. And then the last paragraph was that they had allocated $50 million to start, start their own crypto division. Okay? Yeah. And so the reality is, is there's a lot, there's a lot of world powers that are trying to get a control of, of this digital currency. And is China going to be the first to get a, a country digital currency? And what effect does that have to do on everybody else? And so, well, just, you know, I we've been called everything from black money to, yeah. you know, uh, whatever, criminals. Yeah. Look, I mean, governments, you know, they, they've tried to control currency, but did they really do it that well anyway? Because if we look at the history of the way that currencies move up and down, they're cyclical. I mean, when I look at the Australian versus the US dollar, it works on a cycle and it's repetitive over a long period of time. So therefore, you, you know, how well are they really going to be able to control it when there are forces greater than any lever that they can pull um, out there on, on anything, whether it's the stock market, whether it's currencies, whether it's commodities? Yeah, and, and you know, one other thing, and, you know, the US since World War II has enjoyed the dollar being the world's reserve currency. Mm. And for the US, that has created a lot of stability that other countries don't enjoy. And we believe, don't know when that tipping point is, but at some point we're going to lose that. And when that happens, then we're in the game. It levels the playing field to a big degree. And that's one of the things that, you know, I personally believe in cryptocurrencies. We are going to see, right now there's over 6,000 different cryptocurrencies, probably 99% of which aren't worth a plug nickel. But those that are there and what will emerge, whether it is like China uh, Lagarde just said that they think within two to four years, European Union will have their own digital cryptocurrency that the central mm. banks are all using and all that. So, yes. I, you know, we believe the future is there with us. What will that do to Bitcoin? We don't know. There are funds over here that are very, very well respected. Uh, one of them put put their entire liquidity yeah. into Bitcoin on a hundred year play. Yeah, it's like Whoa. a 400 million, 600 million, something like that. A bunch of money. Yeah. A yeah. bunch of money. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know the, the reality is, is in these and in these uncertain times, you know you can only you can only carry around so much. You know, in fact, uh, my dad passed away, and he had a bunch of junk silver. We got fifty five pounds of junk silver, okay. <laughs> and so you know, and I'm a pretty good sized old boy. Well, that stuff's heavy, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so you're carrying it around and going to divide it up, and and you're sitting there thinking, okay, well, all of this together is worth twenty thousand or thirty thousand, whatever it is. Well, you know, on a little thumb drive or other means you can carry around millions of dollars of cryptocurrencies mm. and so there's some there's some translation and some uh, things there that like i said in the proper perspective the proper percentage mm -hmm. you know it, it makes sense to get involved and get into this game look we've seen um money laundering as being a big issue here in australia and i'm sure that it's no different anywhere else in the world um, in Australia, the, the banks have got into big um, trouble with it. They've been fined massive amounts of money and they, the, um, the regulators came down on them. So the bank shares in Australia have been down for a long time as a result of all of this. There was a royal commission in Australia. Um, then we've seen, you know, with, with the money laundering, we've seen the casinos um, in Australia. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but Kerry Packer and Crown Casino have, uh, there's a case at the moment um, it, all around money laundering and these people were bringing in bags full of money and just putting them over the counter and then exchanging them. So, you know, there was a, there's a whole um, 
how does cryptocurrencies fit into all of that? Because do you really think that they're going to be able to control this sort of thing through cryptocurrencies or is it really going to make I'll it worse? Take that one. <laughs> yeah, I, and that is a real interesting piece. I, I'll tell you, when, when Bitcoin really got started, and there was the Silk Road and, you know, there's Mt. Gox and there are always things that it was used in the black market for a lot of nefarious things. But the thing about cryptocurrencies, every single transaction in that immutable ledger that they call the blockchain is, which is a public ledger. And so, matter of fact, Brent even had a guy yeah. that somebody was trying to scam him out of Dubai or something. Yeah. And they were claiming that they had all this Bitcoin. And Brent said... What's your wallet address? Give me the wallet address and I'll tell you if it's true or not. Yeah. There, there, there you can wow. see every transaction they have in and out and in and out and in and out. And so it's great privacy until somebody has your keys. And then once you have your keys, you have literally done the job for the authorities because they can find every penny or every Satoshi or whatever mm -hmm. cryptocurrency you're using. They find everywhere you went with it. Yeah, so, so what we're seeing happen, Janine, it's really interesting. A few weeks ago, we talked, they're even training the FBI and the CIA and all these other places how to go and trace this money. And now they, they've confiscated a bunch of it because they know where it ends up in an address somewhere. And it's just a matter of following the paper trail or the crypto trail. And they're able to go and capture a bunch of these thieves. Thieves today are far better getting gold, silver, diamonds, or, or cash, fiat currency, than they are cryptocurrencies because they will catch them. Now, well, one thing I think a lot of a lot of that in, in years gone by, and you talk about the banks having been caught in money laundering, and you know, I won't use a bunch of names, but you know, there's a bunch of international banks that literally it's just like we're planning on gonna pay this many in fines because we're into that. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, we had a trade the other day and was it 600 million or 800 million? It, it was a little over a billion dollars. A billion dollars, yeah. and, and the cost was what? Uh, was 68, it 68 cents. cents? Okay. If you can move a billion dollars for 68 cents in cryptocurrency and in Bitcoin in particular, I believe, was that particular mm -hmm. trade, if that doesn't put shivers down the spine of every banker, central banker, IMF banker, local banker, whatever, you know, that kind of peer to peer cost structure you cannot compete against. And so the only way to do it is is just try and discredit it and and slow it down as long as you can. And here in the U.S., we got a lot of them coming in and trying to buy their way into cryptocurrencies, mm -hmm. uh, forming a loose alliance and trying to create a cryptocurrency with one of the true crypto people sniff it out to be what it is, you know, basically mm -hmm. kind of a, a front man for for banking interests. And, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, it's a complex world, isn't it? And you guys are really across it. So it's fantastic to get to talk to you about this because you seem to know how it works from a back-end point of view and what all the issues are with the regulators and all the um, parties or the players, if you like, in the market. So, But as an individual, um, someone wanting to trade the cryptocurrencies, what's the most important thing to them? It's security. And so, so I can tell you, and we know cases of it. Like he mentioned, you can go around with a with billion dollars worth of Bitcoin on a thumb drive, okay? So imagine if you lost that thumb drive, <laughs> you lost a billion dollars. If you dropped a billion dollars worth of gold, people would find it, you know? And so yeah. security is really paramount yeah. at this stage of the game. And it's one of the things that, that we always tell people. I can tell you that with the holdings that we have both for our company and 
and personally stuff that I've got. I have the redundancy of my son with all of my keys and everything else. I also have the third is in my safety deposit box. I have all the codes and the keys and everything else because security, yeah. your own personal security with your cryptocurrency is probably the most important thing. We had a guy shortly after we started the show that was up in in Michigan or somewhere, yeah. he had passed away and he had like $3 million in his laptop, had a massive heart attack. His family calls us, they'd seen us on the show and says, listen, we'll pay you $100,000 to try to find it. We have no way to decode that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, they say, you know, if you don't have your own keys, you don't have any cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, wow. and, and, and now granted, you know, you've now started having because custodies are starting to be held by banks and there's actually uh, cryptocurrency IRAs, self-directed mm -hmm. IRAs and things like that. So you're starting to get some intermediaries that are coming in. Well, guess what? They are soon followed by insurance policies that will basically insure your account. You know, similar to here in the U.S., we have SPIC, uh, Security Protection Insurance Corp. And then usually the wirehouse puts another $10 million on top of it or whatever, a private insurance. So mm -hmm. all of this kind of helps the robustness of it. For somebody that's just getting started, you know, st start off small, work your way into it, make sure you understand the techniques of how it, it works. You know, when we first started, we had hell getting an account open because, you know, you couldn't get the money from your bank to the exchange. Yeah. Now it came from the exchange to the bank like that, but it yeah. went from the bank to the exchange. It'd take a week yeah. if it even got there. Yeah. And so, but all of that over time is streamlining. One thing that's happening right now is, is a lot of the cryptocurrencies that are out there are actually companies that are building the overall infrastructure mm -hmm. of blockchains and how they go off chain to get information and to solve problems and, and smart contracts and all the different ancillary things there, you're just now starting to have things that are solving real, real world problems. And mm -hmm. I guarantee you right now, America probably wishes that they had used the blockchain for this election. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, because you know, it, it's, it's that immutable record that, uh, that has a trail that it's really what it is. Mm. And so, um, got a lot of things coming down the pike that are kind of that variety. Well, look, I've got another question about helping people with this. So if, um, you know, there's this whole issue around keeping everything secure and then, you know, if something happens to you, being able to, um, you know, let your family know what your, your keys are so that you, they can get access to those funds, then are there organisations that will sort of store that for you so it's safe rather than just a safe deposit box? Well, well, there is, and, and one of the things that we're seeing over here that is really gaining a lot of traction for people that are not familiar with this and don't want to have the responsibility of that custody, there's self-directed IRAs now that mm. big players that are insured funds and everything else, where you can take some of your self-directed IRA and put it into cryptocurrencies and pick those, and all the custody and everything is done just like the rest of their portfolio. That's correct. So that's really opening the marketplace up to people that don't want to go... Well, yeah. You know, not even that, you're, you're starting to have things called staking and DeFi, which allows you to take the stored value that's in that cryptocurrency and kind of in effect loan it out to create a current yield. And so for many times people had to either do buy and then sell, that was the only way to create an income. Well, now as the market is starting to mature, there's other methodologies now 
that you can start to create income out of your portfolio, kind of similar to like covered call writing. If you own a bunch of legacy stocks that you bought at $3, you know, you got it, you're in Exxon at $3, you're not selling at 30, 40, 50, 60, wherever it is, you know, you're going to do a, a covered call writing program or something else to create income off of that value. So, um, it's been the last three years has just been huge in regards to the change in the marketplace. Oh, yeah. It's great that they're making it flexible for people because when you think about it, um, institutions can loan out in, you know, anything and get a clip for that. And yes. so now it's making it a lot more flexible for individuals to do that sort of thing, which is awesome. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and I will tell you, I mean, especially even with the stock market and the yields that we saw under the Trump administration, which were you know significant in the stock market, uh, cryptocurrencies have outperformed the whole time yeah. we've been doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and and the and the thing of it is, is um, a, a lot of that creation of a current income type approach is is doubly beneficial to the crypto space because a lot of times the way that they do that is by providing funding for new cryptocurrencies that are coming online because it's very difficult to get funding for crypto especially in the U.S. because of our laws mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the, the government was kind of extorting people a few years ago of, I swear you did something wrong, but if you pay me $350,000, I'll let you keep going with your crypto after I ruined your reputation and everything else by, you know, filing charges and all this other kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. um, it's building its own ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, keep it in perspective, but it's a rising asset class that's, that's starting to get fleshed out and it's going to be hard to ignore. Yeah. Well, look, thank you very much for this information today. I'm sure that a lot of traders out there particularly will be interested in this because it is something that's going to continue to grow. And you guys are right at the forefront of it. So I know that you're excited about it, just hearing the passion in your voice. And thanks for sharing this with us. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.